Alive and Kicking with Claire McKenna with Yakult on News Talk. Yes, you can email the show alive and kicking at newstalk.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire McKenna Presents. Coming up this morning, life coach Aidan O'Brien on the top reasons people don't change, even when they say they want to. Pat Kane on how small steps to sustainability is the only way to beat the climate crisis overwhelm. And skin expert Ivana Breen gives her advice on the condition rosacea. So what kind of a health and wellness week did I have? Well, there were highs and lows, but isn't that just the way life goes? My sister was home from America with her little girl. He, She and her family moved there a year ago. They all came home at Christmas and this time it was just her and my niece. And we had a lovely week. I have said before, I'm living with my mum at the minute. So all of us being in the same house together was great because obviously my sister has so much to pack in. She wants to see lots of friends too. So to be able to have breakfast and dinner together every day was great. The cousins played together. We had some nights out too. So all brilliant. The low, of course, is the saying goodbye part, inevitable though it is. And it made total sense for them to move. Her husband is from there. They have a great lifestyle. The house prices are far better than what's going on here. And look, whatever makes her happy makes me happy. But I've been surprised that there has been a certain grief involved in saying goodbye to another life we could have had if they lived here. It's strange to even say that because, of course, she's alive and well. And between WhatsApp and FaceTime, we're in touch almost daily and with the tiniest of details. I don't know how people did it when you'd have to wait to save up for that monthly call from a a payphone. It has been a big change, I suppose, to my family. And you get a whack of it again when you have to say goodbye until the next time. And as I'm going to be joined a little later in the show by life coach Aidan O'Brien, I want to touch on the merits of having a coach. Now, I recently completed a group of sessions with Sinead Brophy and you might remember she came on the show a few months back. You could search for the podcast at newstalk.com. She's a specialist in female health and we had around six online sessions where I talk about health and wellness concerns I was having. Now, nothing I'd need to talk to a medical professional about, but coming out of lockdown life, I had kind of lost what routine I was on from going to the gym before the world imploded to embracing home workouts and then getting sick of them. I felt like I'd slid right down to the start of the snakes and ladders board and I couldn't quite get going again. Life was starting to get busy in between work and family and social life. Oh, and rest. The fitness ball is often one of the first ones I drop. And I know I've spoken about this on the show before. So what I wanted to say about having a coach on any topic is that you have accountability. So Having an appointment to meet with Sinead, I really had to think about what am I going to tackle here? What am I going to use Sinead's skill set to help me with? So it became something I wanted to make a priority. She was checking back in a few weeks later and it's not like she was a threat or anything hanging over me. Quite often I'd completely forget until she checked back in. But when we would talk again, it gave me an opportunity to see how far I had come I think in life we often focus on what we're not doing and what we're not getting right and we miss what we are. And our final session was a week or so ago and I realised and I hadn't even noticed that there had actually been a major transformation over the six months. It was a massive eye opener for me. It's not the kind of thing that you'd share online with a before and after pic. I don't look all that different. 
but I feel different and that's the more important part. I now have a regular routine at my local gym. I feel stronger and fitter and able for the classes. I'm enjoying going. I feel like it's filling me up. It's a positive thing. Now, I still procrastinate, of course, but I'm in. I'm into it. I have more energy. I'm more comfortable in my own skin and I've one less thing niggling at me that I should be doing it. I am doing it. It gave me an opportunity ahead of the meeting to assess where I'm at and notice how far I've come. I mean, I'm not trying to sell your hair or get you to spend money on everything. I'm just trying to share a positive experience and remind you that sometimes we miss what we are doing by focusing on what we aren't. You can email the show aliveandkicking at newstalk.com. Now, did you know that the Irish are one of the worst sufferers of the skin condition rosacea worldwide? I'm joined now by skin expert Ivana Breen. Ivana, you're very welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. I'm glad this is not in studio so you can't assess the state of my skin today. (laughs) But we're here to talk about rosacea, which I think a lot of people have heard of, but they might not know exactly what it is. So rosacea is an inflammatory skin condition that uh, generally shows itself around the central panel of the skin of the face, uh, down the nose, across the cheekbones. And it can present itself like flushing, redness. Sometimes people will get pustules and papules, like little spots. And a lot of the time there'd be little thread veins as well on the area. But it can be very, the skin can be very dry and tight. It can kind of feel even burning and stinging at times. And it's a really common condition. It's a, it's a very Irish, a very Celtic skin condition. There's four types. What are they? So the first uh, type would be mainly characterised by flushing with the appearance of thread veins um, and maybe some dryness and scaling. And from then there, there's more symptoms with each type. So type two, you might see some pustules and papules included as well as the redness. Then type three, the skin can be actually quite thickened and it can have an irregular skin surface with rhinophoma, which is a rare disorder characterised by a large red bump nose that can be present and then type 4 again can have all of the symptoms from type 1, 2 and 3 but you could also have characteristics like bloodshot or watery eyes and sometimes it can even affect the vision. And what are the usual suspects responsible for triggering rosacea? So everyone's triggers are different and I think that's one of the key things when it comes to learning how to manage rosacea is to figure out what your specific triggers are. But the common ones would be things like um, alcohol, uh, it's never a friend to skin, Um, sugar, refined sugars, processed meats, dairy, spicy foods. These will all cause inflammation in the skin. And I think one of the best ways to Try and really figure out what were, what ones are really triggering your skin is to, for maybe a period of about six, eight weeks, keep a skin diary and make a note of how your skin responds to certain foods. And when you do get a flare up, what you've been eating in the previous days. So it doesn't mean that you have to give up those foods completely, but it means it gives you just a little bit more um 
control over the fact that, say, for example, if cheese is one of the things that triggers your redness and rosacea and you get breakouts whenever you eat cheese, but you absolutely love cheese. So come Friday night when you want your cheese board with your glass of wine for your mental health and for uh, to keep you happy and stress free. You'll have your cheese board and your wine, but you know that it's going to cause a flare up and you just really take good care of your skin over the following days and make sure that there's no dairy or cheese or wine in the following few days to give your skin a chance to recover. So it's learning those little tricks with rosacea can be one of the best ways to be able to cope with it. And does sun protection or or SPF, does that play a role? SPF is the most important thing when it comes to rosacea. With rosacea, um, it's thought to be caused by a dermidex mite, which is a mite that we all have present on the surface of our skin. But with people with rosacea, it can be more prevalent. And it's thought that UV rays actually aggravate this mite. And this is the mite that causes the inflammation in the skin. So Wearing sunscreen will help prevent that aggravation, but also we all have this natural lipid barrier on the surface of our skin. And for people with rosacea, that lipid barrier is compromised. That barrier is there as a protective layer for our skin to protect us from UV rays and pollution. And sunscreen can give us that protection as well. So regardless of what the weather is like, outside all year round one of the most important things that somebody with rosacea well that anybody could do but particularly someone with rosacea who suffers with rosacea is to wear sunscreen. So how do you know it's time to see a skin expert? So if you have a little bit of redness and flushing then uh, you you and you're not quite sure whether you have rosacea or not that's when you can pop in and have a consultation and the skin can be assessed. Now if you're condition is more severe than that and for some people it would warrant uh, medication a skin expert will be able to then refer you on to your GP and say look you're going to need to go on some medication to get this under control and sometimes it can be a short dose of antibiotics and for other people it can be a long-term low dose of antibiotics to keep the condition under control but you might not even need to go that far so go and see your skin therapist first and they'll help you get you on a right skincare program, have the right skincare treatments. We do an amazing treatment here in the clinic in Alkina with um, laser genesis, which is a course of laser treatments that's not invasive at all um, done over a period of 12 weeks. And we've had amazing results with it for rosacea and helping to calm that redness. You look after the skin of lots of famous faces, Vanna, Samantha Mumba, Talia Heffernan, Holly Carpenter to name but a few, there's a lot of pressure on skin at the minute, isn't there? The the look is flawless and dewy. Are we striving for a filtered look on Instagram that doesn't exist in real life? What's your signature skin style at the clinic? Yeah, I think we definitely are trying to achieve this perfect skin. And the reality is there is no such thing as perfect skin. Skin has pores and it has lumps and it has bumps and they're meant to be there. So um, I'm within the clinic. I very much when people come in and say they want to have a perfect skin, I try to give the, the education on what exactly it is that they want to achieve and if that's achievable. So you know, the the flawless, 
no pores visible is not something that's achievable in real life. Some people have larger pores than others, some people have smaller ones, and it's about understanding genetically what you've got and just making the best of what you've got. And you can have a healthy, glowy, dewy skin. Some people love the look of a dewy skin, other people hate it because they feel it makes them look oily. So it is very much a personal thing. So it's about trying to get in the the understand what the client wants to achieve and then giving them advice about the best way to go about that. When did you know skin was your thing? Uh, oh, I think when I started out of, in college, I realised I just enjoyed, uh, I, I went to beauty college way way back it's 30 years ago now but as soon as I started working on skin and starting to see the effects that taking care of your skin can have long term on your skin it just blew me away and I, I, I love the industry I love that it's constantly evolving and changing there's always something new happening there are always new innovations and it just keeps me keeps me interested And there are big links, aren't there, between our skin and our self-confidence? Oh, massive, massive links. I mean, when particularly for people with the likes of rosacea and acne, um, it can be so depleting on your confidence if you feel like you can't go outside without makeup on um, or that somebody's looking at a mark on your face. It can have a massive impact. So mentally uh, taking the time to look after the skin, getting good advice and really knowing what your skin is capable of achieving because there's so much information out there that when you look at the likes of Instagram and you see all these before and after photographs and you're wondering well if if it can be achieved like that if if these miraculous before and after photographs can be achieved why am and I achieving it and you really need someone who is going to be able to give you the right advice and realistic advice about what your expectations can be and if they can be met. Well, Ivana is the founder and senior skin therapist of Akina Beauty and Laser Clinic. For more, you can go to akina.ie. Ivana Breen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, Pat Kane is the lady behind the company Reusey, which she set up to try and focus on sustainability and make it beautiful and accessible. She joins me in studio now. Hello, Pat. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. When did your awareness of sustainability or the climate crisis come to pass? Often I think about my my mum and dad's generation and how lucky they were to live in such innocence. It's great that we're so aware of everything now and we talk about everything now, but... It has robbed a little bit of, of innocence. Yeah. No, to be very honest, Claire, when I, I was born in Rio de Janeiro uh, by the ocean. So I was very, very lucky in the sense that, you know, beach cleanups and that sort of thing. They were a thing back then before they became a hashtag, you know, uh, as I like to say. So we were very conscious as a family. Yeah, we always grew a lot of things in our beach house and all of those things. Now, growing up, of course, pressures of pressures of the day to day, you know, and consumption, you know, all of those things, they you're just, I suppose, presented with options that are not necessarily the best, but you're always in a rush, you're always busy and you fall for those. 
When I moved to Ireland, which is almost 12 years ago now, um, we were looking for a house, our first house. We were planning on buying a house, etc. Great. And um, I said to my husband, let's start as we mean to go on. Let's try and find a sustainable home. And what does that mean? We wanted something that had a good BER rating. We wanted something that had solar panels, even a small one. You know, we wanted a bit of space to grow our own veg and fruit and veg. And so we did. It was only a small house and we started there doing better. Now, when I became a mother for the first time, you know, it hit the fan, let's just say. Um, I saw that little baby that I had to kept alive, keep, keep him alive. And I was like, right, great. But then I also saw bottles, nappies, wipes, lovely, but not necessarily wanted gifts. You know, all of that world of waste. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we had been so good at keep, keeping things to a minimum, right? So when I went back to work, I, I had a big job, traveled a lot, my husband the same we said, you know what, enough is enough. We have to do better. And uh, we run what I like to call a house audit. You know, we looked into our bathroom, our kitchen, our on-the-go. What were we doing when out with the baby, you know, or traveling with work? Can we do better in those areas? And from there, we started little by little. We tried to do a lot at once and was an epic fail. But then we were like, no, take a step back. Let's start with our grocery shopping. How can we do better? And from there, we learned and we start doing better. And what was your motivation? Are you doing it to live a certain way within the confines of of you and your your family and your life? Or are you motivated by the earth is on fire and we need to try and save it now? Yeah, it's interesting. It was never this doom and gloom in my head. You know, it was always literally like, I want to know that what I am doing and what my family, what we are doing as a little, you know, group unit, um, we're doing the right thing. Um, you know, I would say in life, I personally have very strong non-negotiables. And one of them is like to try and go through life without really permanently impacting, you know, the world around us. And um, so it was, a, I suppose it was almost like a principle, you know, a value. I don't know. It was our own thing. So obviously, as a consumer for sustainable goods in Ireland, you know, I had a lot of issues. I found my experience to be quite fragmented, you know, um, I used to shop using Amazon, which obviously is not very sustainable. Sorry, guys. You know, but also looking at farmer markets and little shops that weren't very consistent in the sense that one weekend I would find what I wanted, the other maybe not. So from my point of view, I was like, look, I have this issue. You know, I bet there are other people out there like us trying to do better. And I knew a few of them already. You know, I'm like, I'm going to give these a go. So and then the business appeared in my brain anyways, you know. And tell people a little bit about the, the business and what it stands for and what it's grown to. So the business is called Reusey. So R-E-U-Z-I. Uh, it's a word in Esperanto. That means reuse, really. Kind of straightforward, I guess. So we are Ireland's leading one-stop shop for sustainable living products. And we are also an educational hub. We offer workshops, lunch and learn sessions, a strategy consultancy to small and medium businesses out there. And that does really well. It's a great side of the business. I really enjoy talking to people uh, and helping. Um, But the idea there was to really have one place where you could find anything from your water bottle to your reusable nappy, you know, and everything in between. Um, We're constantly evolving. We work with 100% Irish businesses, either local makers and creatives 
or else distributors. So the idea being to keep that money circulating here in the community in Ireland. Uh, of course, not everything can be found here, as you will know, uh, but we try our best to try and source things here. Um, and, you know, we've we've grown from a little homemade website. It was, we're actually four years now. We were four years, two days ago. We celebrated our fourth anniversary. Um, I was 41 weeks pregnant when I launched the website and the baby was born just on the 9th of May. So they are five days two apart, babies. my babies. Um, it was a project. It was a, a maternity leave project. I used to work for an entertainment group here in Ireland. Um, and, you know, it worked. I never went back to my corporate career. And here we are, four years later. And it's really important to you, isn't it, Pat, that all the products are beautiful. I think we're starting to change, but this whole, you know, if you're planet aware, you're a tree hugger, you're a certainly type certain type of person and everything is going to be made of, of hemp and look a certain mm. way. And that was important to you that you kind of broke down that stereotype. Yes. So even, you know, when I'm talking to my corporate clients, you know, I'm always introducing myself as like, I come from the same place as you do behind a computer, nine to five, etc., etc. But I decided that I wanted to change things. I'm trying to show people that sustainability goes beyond, you know, our flora and our fauna. It's all about us humans. So as you said there, oh, here comes the tree hugger. It's like, but listen, we should all be tree huggers because don't you want a just and fair space for your kids to, to grow up? Don't you want a access to good health and education and fair opportunities, equal opportunities. This is all sustainable living. So it's not like them and us. It's all of us because we all want the same things, you know, but you just don't know that this is part of sustainability, but it is. So it's when we thrive as individuals, the planet will thrive. And I'm always using that thing that it's, you know, um, again, I come from Brazil, right? Uh, people in slums in Brazil, they're not thinking about organic tomatoes. Right. They're trying to survive so they can thrive, which means our planet. Forget about it. This is completely, you know, an afterthought. So we need to have a healthy society, you know, a fair, just space for us to be able to look after the planet. So it's all of us. And in that, on that note, when you asked there about beautiful things, you know, um, we did a bit of research over the years. We have been doing I love doing research. I think it's fascinating. And all every year when we do that sort of thing, it's like people know there's an issue. They want to help. They are willing to, you know, try new things, but they don't necessarily want to go out of their way. You know, and also they want nice things, which is only normal. We want beautiful things. We want to have fun with things. So and sustainability can be beautiful. It doesn't need to be made from granola, from coconut oil. You know, it can be made from lovely things and beautiful looking, but better, you know. Yeah. And how do you think we measure up then? You spoke about growing up in Rio, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever had the pleasure of visiting. And I know you worked in the Caribbean and then to come to Ireland. Do you think we have the same connection? Because certainly here in, in, in Dublin and all around this island, we are beside the ocean. Do you think we have this connection and respect here in the same way you felt in Brazil? Oh, I actually think in, in a certain way you have more you know, um, because it's only a small community. If you look at the whole country, right, it's st still very small. And I think it's, you know, good things are contagious. And I love seeing, you know, little grassroots movements happening in the different towns around the country, different villages, from tidy towns to just like beach cleanups. And maybe, I don't know, you know, spending time with the elderly, bringing kids to help them. All of those things, like, 
it, those things are contagious. When you tell someone about, oh, I'm going for a beach cleanup this weekend in Kalini Hill or something. Oh, really? Can I come with you? And, you know, it's much easier to get the message across. Now, obviously, you, you know, we're le- this is the country that produces the most plastic waste per capita in the EU, right? We're still... like carrying that, as I like to say, a dirty metal, you know, in that sense, we can do better. You know, we we are still consuming a lot, buying unnecessary things. You know, we're being influenced, and like in the world of influencers, we're being influenced by not necessarily, I suppose, the best, you know, behavior, you know, I don't know, habits and those things, you know, it's bye, bye, bye. It's a, I think it's time for us to take a look at our consumption habits and just try to do better, you know. But I genuinely think a lot of people in Ireland are trying. I can see that. And um, as I said, I really believe it's contagious because it's more over the four years only that I've been in business. You know, if I compared my first Christmas in business with the last one, you would be in shock. At first, it was like, oh, yeah, lovely things, beautiful, and people would walk away. Last year, we had people coming in with full Christmas lists saying, I'm only buying Irish. What can I buy here for my entire family? And you'd be like, wow. So major, obviously, the pandemic ha- ha- helped, I think, you know, but a um, major shifts happening there. And I think we need a bit of a shift in the PR campaign of the climate crisis, because when it sounds like that, it feels like, there's nothing can be done. And I was mm-hmm. having a meeting with a, a TV producer recently. And obviously, these are the kind of programmes I'd like to make. These are some of the topics I would like to talk about. And he was sort of saying, and and, and I respected his, his opinion, people don't care. They don't want to sit down and be upset when they watch TV. And they kind of feel that there's nothing can be done. It's happening anyway. Let's go down with the party. And that is a genuine representation of how people are feeling, but there is so much that can be done and there is so much that can be learned. And I know Mm. your blog talks about the power of one. People think it doesn't make a difference for you to buy a reusable water bottle and stop buying plastic water when you're out and about. That does make an impact. Likewise, the, the coffee cup, they seem so small, but you start small and they all add up to make a big difference. You know, I always talk about the toothbrush tail, which is a tail I created. Um, So if you think of ourselves, right, uh, dentists recommend us to change our toothbrushes three, no, every three months, right? So that's four toothbrushes a year per person. So give or take, we have five million people in the island of Ireland, right? Um, You're talking about 20 million pieces of mixed plastics that won't be recyclable going recycled, going into landfill every year, 20 million toothbrushes. And that's only one small change. So if collectively we were to adopt a bamboo toothbrush, for example, which literally can be composted, you know, apart from the the bristles that you can't steal, but hopefully we'll get there eventually. But most of it can be composted, you know, it's a massive change. It's 20 million pieces of something that cannot be recycled being removed from landfill. So, you know, it's only a small change for you, inexpensive because it's so cheap. But if we were to do that as a group, as a collective, wow, big change. So huge power of one there. You know, um, I think the, the point here is, 
you can't throw a blanket message over people and expect everybody to react the same way. So example, right? Oh, it's all doom and gloom and IPCC reports and we're burning and etc. Yeah, but how can we translate that? How can we meet people where they are? Because I am at a different stage than probably you are and the guy out there is, you know, we're all at different stages and that is fine. But we need to meet people. We need to talk to them in a language that is like, look, try a little bit more. How about again the toothbrush or how about a water bottle or how about using what you have before buying something new if you're going to a party or whatever you know it's that language is like day to day easy things we're not saying to you like stop everything and let's retrofit your entire home all at once move out with your family people will be like absolutely not there's nothing i can do there i can't help you but if you meet them where they are and you know really dig dig deep into this whole power of one what can you do as an individual let me look at your routine you know i would do a lot of one one to one appointments right with families and it's literally that let me meet you guys where you are show me your kitchen let's have a look let's have a look at your bathroom what can we do better and in a lot of time a lot of times what you find out is that people already have the solutions at home they just never thought about the solutions that way you know oh i need to bring my lunch to work great yeah, instead of the overly packaged sandwich great yeah um, but i don't have a lunch box and i'm like but you have tupperwares right everybody has tupperwares millions of them yeah so just take one you don't need a fancy lunch box and i know it goes completely against half of my business where we sell products but that's it it's part of a mindset i want to sell if you need not because you want something you know i want to sell something to you because it's a real like i have nothing to you know help me with this swap well then we have the options for you we have the alternatives but if i can work with you and that's the other side of the business right if i can work with you to show you that you have solutions available right there and then well brilliant then you know and i love that you have felt a shift particularly with christmas shoppers oh, yeah. that yeah. there is more awareness i know you have pop-ups in some of our big premium department stores mm. up and down the country in arnett's in brown thomas I mean, that's that's huge, isn't it? That you've gone yeah. from just a, an online shop that I know has a big following to being alongside some of the premium brands. Yeah. That's where sustainability products are now. Yeah, and it, it, you know, one thing I love very much, I love uh, the, the this story of a customer coming in to see us at BT's and uh, she came in with all these empty jars to bring, to buy more deodorant cream. We sell in bulk, so you can just use your own jars always send it to your house if you buy it online on compostable bags. And uh, she said, oh, I told my friends I was coming to visit the new Brown Thomas. And I was like, oh, very good. And they were like, ooh, what are you going to get? And she's like, uh, refill for my deodorants. And the friends are like, oh, really? And it's like, wow, you're in the middle of this beautiful place with incredible brands, you know, and suddenly poor old Briuzi there selling you deodorant cream. And, you're, and she brought in loads of empty tins, you know, just to put her deodorant inside. I was like... Felt really proud with that. There you go, mindset shift. You yeah, know, I think so. Well, continued success thank to you. you. People can find out more at reusey.ie. Pat Kane, thank you so much. Thank you. Life coach Aidan O'Brien was on the show back in September, and you can listen back to the podcast of the interview on how he went from personal trainer to the cruise ships to working now from Dubai and coaching thousands around the world. The last time he was here, I quizzed him on why we would need a life coach in the first place, and we discussed that and how one can help. So today I wanted to focus on something a little bit different, the blocks or the reasons that many of us struggle to change 
even when we say we want to. Aidan, you're very welcome back to Alive and Kicking. Thanks for having me, Claire. And I I want to restate again, because you know this is really important to me. This is what we delved (laughs) into the last time. If people are happy and content where they are, they don't need to change. But we're talking about the people who may have a a whisper that there's something else they could be doing. Absolutely. But my only kind of rebuttal on that is I think everybody has a whisper. And I think every single person in eight, like, tell me one person listening here who on New Year's or on their birthday or at some multiple other times during the year, they don't feel like I could be happier. I could be healthier. I could have more confidence. Maybe someone says something affects them for days or weeks. Maybe they'll put on some clothes they don't feel good about themselves. Maybe they want to buy something they can't buy. They want to book a holiday. Whatever it is. And they're just like easy kind of metrics. But there's a, a million metrics you can you can go for that people feel like, I wish I was a little bit better, happier, more fulfilled. So I think everybody has something in them. It's just how aware are you? And I think today, more than ever, we're in a world of distraction. I think it's even harder to listen and to take action on that inner voice. But in my opinion, every single person has that. Because our soul, our spirit wants to go higher. We want to evolve. It's innate. But who listens, number one? And then who has the courage and the humility to take action? And I suppose we do tend to focus a lot on career goals and earning more money. And Mm -hmm. that's part of it, if that's what you want. Mm. But... There's a whole range of other areas in your life you might want to improve, whether it's relationships, as you say, health, how mm. you feel about yourself. Yeah. These are all ways that you can try and make a change or want to make a change. Well, I think they're all connected. You know, people always come to me with what they think they need. And I always have to kind of go in like a Trojan horse to, to show them what they what they actually need. So, sorry, I should say they come what they think they want, but I actually have to show them what they need. Because a lot of people think it's the external stuff, but it's not. Even on my mentorship, the first half is all about the inner game. It's all about your self-image, your identity, your psychology. Everything starts there. And, you know, I coach a lot of senior level people, executive people, work with some big companies. And some of them have huge career success. But even within the career success, there's room for improvement. They could be better with people. They can be better leaders, better communicators. They can get more out of the team. But also then they can sometimes suffer at home in, as, a, as a husband or a wife or as a parent because they don't know how to manage the daily schedule. They don't know how to ma- ma- uh, manage the emotional output that's needed to perform at a high level across all aspects of your life. Life is not just about your job or it's not just about your fitness. It's not just about your personal life. It's about everything. And that's what I enjoy most working with people is because everything is connected everything is connected so you can't have one without the other and for me when you understand yourself first and that's one of the main things i do i suppose help people understand themselves once you understand yourself now you have way more clarity in all other aspects of your life but at first you have to kind of look within a little bit and 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 start to heal some of the things that you've carried with you since you were a child that you didn't even know were holding you back So you've been working at this for 14 years and not only have you been building up that sort of experience with the people that you've worked with, you've also gone on many of these explorations yourself and been mentored by lots of people. And Mm -hmm. it boils down to quite simple reasons why people don't change. How many different personality types are there? Well, there's all these different things on personality types and the colours and the different types of brain. I don't get into all that. I, I think the closer you get to truth, the simpler it gets. And I believe, like I kind of touched on at the beginning, I think there's only really two types of people. 
the person who's aware enough to know that there's an inner voice, a higher self. They're aware that there's something more for them, that they're capable of more. Everybody's capable of more in some aspect of their life. The second thing is they have courage to actually take a step towards it, to move into it, to lean in, to be curious. That takes courage. And then they have to have the humility and maybe even the intelligence to know I can't do it alone. None of us can do it alone. You mentioned, you know, the mentors and things I have. I'm always in, for years and years and years investing thousands per year in, in courses, coaches, mentors, because we can't. Because who did we learn life from? Teachers, parents, environment. They weren't equipped either. Everyone's passing down their limited knowledge respectfully to everyone. And that goes for myself included. So we have to have that awareness. We have to have the courage. And we have to have the humility and intelligence to realize we need help here. We need guidance. And that's why coaches and mentors are so important. Now, I know you introduced me as a life coach. We discussed that before. I don't love that term because there's such negative connotations with it. I mean, there's lots of drivers out there, but not everyone can drive like Lewis Hamilton. There's lots of people who sing, but not everyone can sing like Adele. So I think people have to have that awareness that not all coaches are the same either. And unfortunately, there's a bit of a connotation around that negative connotation. So that's the first type of person. The second type of person then is the person who is living in distraction. You know, they're in a perpetual state of Netflix and social media, of eating and drinking, of shopping, of looking for distraction because they either don't want to hear the inner voice and they're pushing it down or they're really just unaware of it that there's more. They never receive that signal that, okay, I'm capable of more. Uh, and those people, you know, that uh, you can't help anyone who doesn't want to be helped. And I'm, I get DMs every single day on Instagram saying, I want to be this, I want to be that. And I give everybody, you know, a console call and have a chat. And everyone says they want change, but most aren't willing to do anything about it. And maybe they don't have the humility. Maybe they're na naive. They think they, it's not possible for them. Or maybe they have, you know, an arrogance that, okay, I'll figure it out myself. But we can't. We actually can't. I, I firmly believe that for 14 years and we need, there's no one that does it alone. And when you say they don't change, is that the work, willing to put the work in, self-exploration, the finding out the clarity of what you really want? People will say, mm. I don't have time. I don't have mm. time to sit down and <laughs> meditate on a cushion and find out where yeah. my life could be better. I don't have time to bring in all these new healthy habits. I'm barely getting by as it is. That's the, that's the thing. If you don't have enough time, energy or money in your life, you have to invest time, energy and money in your life. That's the thing. People don't want to spend money on it because they don't see the value. They have the wrong. Would you pay 5,000 euros for a coach? Probably not. But that's not what you're, that's not what you're investing money in. Would you invest 5,000 euros to have more confidence for the rest of your life? To, to understand all your patterns of behavior. Why you get angry so easy. Why you feel sad all the time. Why, you're, why you overreact. Why you have arguments in your relationships. Would you pay money to, to solve that? Would you pay money to get the outcomes you want? To get the job you want? Would you, would you invest 5,000 euros so you could earn an extra 50,000 a year through making more sales? See, people are, they're, they're, have the wrong association. They should be focused on the outcome. Um, and, you know, you don't have to sit in the couch and meditate. You don't have to do that. But when you work with someone who knows what they're doing, they know where to go. Like for me, I have clients currently from about eight different countries around the world. We're all the same. We all have the same issues. Like you can look at a house here and a house in... Africa, a house in Mexico and a house in Dubai. Just draw all the houses. They all have windows and doors, but how they're decorated is different. So as humans, we're all actually the same. We have the same spirit, the same soul, the same mind. We've been decorated differently with different thoughts and emotions and feelings. But we all have the same principles of behavior. So for people who say, I don't have time, they're not, they don't want 
to invest time and they don't have the awareness again like i said or the knowledge or the skills and that's more reason why they have to find someone who can help them figure that out because there's more than enough time um one of my favorite um thought leaders is marianne williamson and i love her quote that sort of talks about us not being afraid of what we can't do we're more afraid of what we actually can do that we're powerful Mm -hmm. beyond measure and we're more scared of that um, and I think that is true because it's called a comfort zone for a reason to to just cruise through life. It, it's easier that way. You have to really put yourself out there. It is so much easier. And again, the world is designed to keep us there now. Everything, everything from TV, even if you go to a shop, even the health food shops, by the time you get to the till, there's all the snacks around. Like everything is designed to keep you down because it's all money. Like people are naive if you think the world cares about you being happy and healthy it doesn't like that has to be a decision you have to take responsibility I always say and you've heard me say it a couple of times you know different things but no one's coming to save us we have to take responsibility for ourselves and once we do our life can transform because we, we're not blaming we're not looking outside we're not waiting for external changes we take responsibility for ourselves and the only reason you'll be pulled to do that is by having that vision that clarity and um, because, as you said, there's so much fear and doubt. People are afraid of their light. But once they create a vision, an emotionally charged vision, that magnetizes you, actually. That pulls you into action. And if you don't have a vision that's bigger than the fear, the fear will always win. So where would you suggest people start? If you fired up somebody listening <laughs> now, what's the first step? Again, the first step is, is being curious. You know, it's reaching out... Uh, People who can find me, I always offer a, a console call because I, for me, I want to know who the other person is as well. You know, so I don't, you know, every one of my programs, I talk to them first. Um, but you have to be curious and I always respect that, you know, but unfortunately today, a lot of people want to have to chat, but they still don't want to take the action. So I would suggest everyone has a conversation with themselves. You know, it, Jim Rohn famously said, it's not what you get in life, it's who you become. So ask yourself, like, who am I becoming if I stay on this path? You know, who am I becoming? And if most people ask that question, you know, I'm sure there's parts of their life where they feel like I'm not becoming happier. I'm not becoming healthier. I'm not becoming richer. My relationships aren't being enriched. They're, They're in a state of kind of, you know, static. They're not really improving. And I think we're innately designed to improve. I think our spirit wants to evolve, wants to ascend, wants to go higher. And I think it's our humanness that keeps us down. But... The humanist is just a machine for it. Like our, our brain loves a job. It loves a vision. So when you get clear in your mind of a vision that's primary, you'll work towards that and you'll see things in your environment that will pull you towards that. But if your mind is filled with the, the next new show that's viral on, on Netflix or it's, it's filled with a match next Saturday or it's filled with what someone said to you last week or it's filled with, I'm in a job I hate. How are you supposed to receive any signals to move you and to create change, to improve your life, the quality of your life. You have to create space for you. And there's people listening saying they know that resonates with them. I need to create more space for me. And when you create space for you, you can receive them. So being curious, set intention to create more space, have a conversation with someone who can really guide you and then just commit to it. You know, I always say, if you, if you do what you say you'll do, you separate yourself from 90% of people. Like, I think there's a... You know, I don't know, epidemic is the right word around the world of people who don't do what they say they'll do today. And it's 
you know, it's one of the things that truly, disapp- it's, it's something I'm building emotional muscle, so it affects me less, but it's still, especially in grown men who don't do what they say they'll do, you know, or, or anybody for that matter. But keep your word to yourself, most importantly, because I think people lose confidence over time because they make promises to themselves and they don't keep them. And every time you break a promise to yourself, it gets easier to break the next one. And if you do that long enough, you break promises to other people and you wonder why you've no confidence. Yeah. And you're down on yourself and you're beating yourself up because you didn't do what you were going to say you were doing. And then you're gone down. It's a slower again. And when you talk about that receiving, sometimes that sounds a bit out there, but actually people will be able to identify with if they decide it's a new car that they want, mm. they will see that brand of car everywhere they go. When couples decide it's time for a baby, everyone they see seems to be pushing a pram. It's when yeah. you bring it to the forefront of your mind. You give the really good example of how when you're in a busy airport with announcements being made all the time, do you manage to hear your flight? It's because it's important to, to you. you. And I think that's a real light bulb moment. When you make something important in your life, you'll hear that yeah, stuff. You'll see that stuff. You'll go, that guy might be able to help me. Or maybe if I went there, exactly. that could work. It's kind of, it's, it's inspired. Um, and that's, hundred percent your brain deletes and distorts what's not primary it, whatever secondary gets lost it for your brain doesn't care about your happiness it cares about survival saving energy and people who you've heard this kind of stuff are in this world you've heard of the ras you know the reticular activation system which it's what's important to you it identifies what's important to help because there's so much information we're all processing our brains every day like how do we separate that um but on a simple level just as you explained it beautifully you see things because it's primary it's important and that's why the vision has to be emotionally charged to keep it primary because if it's not it gets and that's why you know the world today is so good at at spiking emotions in all of us it attracts us and that's why shopping eating drinking pornography scrolling you know these TVs it's all designed nothing wrong with doing it occasionally or doing it when you're you've already you're working on your vision you know but I think the world is designed today to distract us like we're it's it's not easy and then if you're in a circle of friends or in whatsapp groups and all they talk about is the show <laughs> like for me I always have a lovely challenge that every new client has to leave at least one whatsapp group because I can guarantee you there's there's people who are in too many whatsapp groups and you're wondering why you're not focused on your own stuff. You know, you have to have a group of people around you, whether they're in books or audiobooks or YouTube, that are lifting you, that are elevating you, that are pulling you forward. You know, so for me, I don't cons- I don't consume too much on social media because it's a distraction. Well, plenty of food for thought there. For more, you can go to theaidenobrien.com. Aiden O'Brien, thank you very much. Thank you, Claire. Pleasure. So that's it for Alive and Kicking for this week. My thanks to my producer Aidan McKelvey, to Jojo Cordoza who was on sound and thanks to you for listening. I will see you next week. Alive and Kicking with Claire McKenna Sunday morning at 8 with Yakult on News Talk.